This is episode 102 of the Attic Takeout from Grant Wood AA. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and I'm joined by my regular co-host, yep. Mindy Carney. Hello. How are you doing? Good, how are you? Well, good. I, oh, I thought, no. like, since we did such a bad job of small talk last time... <laughs> we did, actually, it was so sad. I actually came up with a prompt this okay, time for, for small talking. Yeah. Do you wordle, Mindy? I don't. You are don't? You, are you wordling? I'm not... Uh, constant wordler but yeah. is that a thing is that a wordler oh i don't know. like a googler i think so okay why not i see it a lot in my timeline yeah and i showed it to my daughter yeah and she she likes it yeah. and every so often she'll come over and ask me for help and yeah. things on them but i don't know anything about it so tell me you i don't, don't know anything i don't know about anything it? about it because um i did play words with friends yeah like, I don't know how long ago that was. I know. That's why I thought you might wordle. I know. I loved Words with Friends, and but it's so addictive. I was, saw this, and like, it feels like it would be somewhat the same thing. I can't. I can't go in there. So I'm probably going to butcher the backstory, okay. but um, it was a guy who created this game originally for his, his wife, or maybe it was his girlfriend at the time. I'm not sure. And the idea of the game is you get, I think, six chances to oh. guess the mystery word. Oh, it's a five-letter word okay. every time. Okay. And when you guess a letter, um, it will tell you if, one, it is in the right place, or two, if it is just the right letter. Oh, So okay. it has to be a five-letter word you guess as well. It has to be a real word. You can't just put in that five yeah. random letters. Yeah. right. Okay. So it will turn green if the letter's in the right place, and it will mm-hmm. turn yellow if it's the right letter, but just not in the right place. Oh. And you have six chances to try and guess the word. Okay. So it's interesting. And you just play one a day, right? It's like you get one a day. Yeah, there is only one a day. Yeah. And then the the timer ticks down until the next one refreshes. Uh I know Amber Bridge plays. Oh, she does? She's all in. Okay. Mm -hmm. It's actually based on, I think, an old game that we used to play when I was a kid. Yeah. Way back when, you Uh know, the times black and white TV and stuff. Yeah. Uh, It's called Mastermind. Okay. And you played it with colored dots. All right. And you chose, like, I don't know, a little sequence of colors, like red, green, blue, yellow, whatever you wanted to make it. Mm-hmm. And you had this little scrabble tile kind of cover. Yeah. And then your partner had one on the opposite side, and they yeah. would put down colors, and okay. then you would tell them which ones are right or not right uh-huh. or and things like that. Yeah. And eventually you'd try and figure out what their hmm. sequence was. So Interesting. So there you go, Wordle. Everybody's doing it. I know. I did see this really funny meme that was, like, the different phases of COVID. And, like, the first one was, like, um, everybody's happy to be home. Phase two is like Tiger King. Phase three, and it like went oh, through all yeah. of these like things that were, you know, just like the thing to be talking about. And the last one was Wordle, which I thought was funny. <laughs> the latest one is Wordle. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's <laughs> going to the be latest. another one. I didn't say it was the final one. I said yeah. the latest one. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's do some news and follow up. Okay. Uh, first one here on the list is about originality reports, which right. we've not talked about for a little while. Okay. They were originally only available inside of Google Docs, Docs. Mm-hmm. and now they are going to be available inside of Google Slides. Nice. Which... I guess. Yeah. I mean, you're still paying for it, right? I mean, is this part of the enterprise? You get five assignments per class okay. for free in the fundamentals, the basic, the free mm-hmm. education edition. But yeah. um, if you do have an upgraded version, then uh, something nice. I mean, Slides... I don't know. I I would I think Docs is the easy one that you want to have it in yeah. first. It's going to have a lot more text, yeah. hopefully, than yeah. Google then Slides. Slide. Yeah. But good to have it there. Yeah, sure. All right. Um, I put one on here. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? 
I'm glad I'm sitting down. You're welcome. Down. <laughs> I also, when I put it, sent it to you and was like, eh, I don't know if I'm super impressed with this, but um, uh, Bridget mentioned to me, because we were running a seesaw class right now, um, she mentioned that there are seesaw templates now in Canva, and we had in the past, the reason this is in news and updates is because we had in the past talked about how Canva was pulling in templates for different types of um, media, I guess. Yeah. And so um, Seesaw is one of them. So if you go to bit.ly backslash Seesaw Canva, capital S on Seesaw and capital C on Canva, you can view some of the different templates that are available within Canva for Seesaw. Um, I think I misunderstood when Bridget first told me about it, and she said that they were – I thought that they were Seesaw activity templates. They are, in fact, I think more like what you would use for a background image or like an announcement in Seesaw or something like that. So – there's quite a few of them here, and I I just looked at a few of them, clicked into them, and to me it looks more just like images and things like that, not necessarily graphic organizer or anything like that, but you could certainly use Canva for that purpose. But yeah, so they're there, and it might be something that would be of interest to some of our listeners. Well, speaking of Canva, yeah. I do have a little Canva update for okay. you too because at FETC, yeah. Book Creator announced that they are integrating a bunch of apps into okay. their platform too. Oh, so right. one of those is Canva. And so oh. you're in the Book Creator and you yeah. add an app and you go into Canva and it kind of opens it up like like a pop-up window, but it's, it's the full Canva editor. Nice. And you can go in there and design a book yeah. cover inside yeah. of canva and then just add it straight into your book creator book that's nice so no downloads necessary or anything like that yeah or you don't have to flip out another tab get it download and upload it and all the rest yeah Yeah, it just integrates it straight in yeah they also uh announced integrations with giphy oh thank goodness bitmoji (laughs) and google drive oh nice all inside the book creator now so that could be interesting yeah you know i um i just don't think i know enough about book creator every time i go in there there i'm i'm always like gosh this is a really great tool i think yeah i just don't i don't know that i see a lot of my schools that i work with using it but man it's got some stuff it's i mean it's got some good accessibility stuff it's a yeah, good it it's a really great tool mm-hmm. yeah. it's a great all tool yeah, and so you get yeah 40 books for free i, I know, think right yeah. and i think that's maybe where i always um just kind of avoided looking at it because I knew you had to pay for it. But man, the free version is really good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Yep. So, All right. We've also right. got some follow-up because I know we talked about Adobe Creative Cloud Express. Yeah. Um, they are doing some monthly challenges, which I think oh, is kind nice. of interesting. Okay. Some design challenges. Yeah. I used to do these in my in my Canva class that I did. Yeah. But um, each month I think they're going to be having these on the from Adobe Creative Educators that teachers can do or teachers can do with students i think the first one's kind of fun Mm -hmm. you kind of put yourself in the middle of this uh, image here and you have all these little balloons and thought bubbles and icons around you the idea is you know to describe yourself so who are you and what do you do and what Mm. do you like so i would just maybe keep an eye out for some of these uh if you follow adobe education you'll probably find those but i will link to the january one in the doc here yeah, and you don't even have to use Adobe for the, these challenges. I mean, you could you could use Canva. 
you could, I guess, if you want to. Just take, <laughs> oh, no. take the inspiration. Now Adobe's mad, but... I mean, the nice thing about this is it gives you a template. Yeah. And so if you click the template, all you have to do is, like, you know, change some of the words or the colors or the pictures and things on there, too. But, yeah, if you prefer to use something else, you could. Yeah. I, it's nice to see something about creativity. I think Amber, Bridge, and I last year were like, oh, my gosh, we haven't talked about creativity in what seems like forever because it's just taken a backseat, I think, to all of the other stressors within the classroom. And it's yeah. good to hear a little bit about creativity again to remind us to continue to try and add that into our instruction. Well, I got some more news speaking oh, okay. of creativity. <laughs> I'm looking what a for, segue. I'm looking for the best segues I can get here. <laughs> uh, we Video announced We Video Classroom, which looks what? not too dissimilar to like what Google Classroom would be. Okay. So you could always, you know, have these collaborative projects and things inside a We Video. But uh, now you can set up a classroom and you can have students um, put assignments in, in here and you can leave comments on their work and, and all this kind of thing. So you can share feedback and monitor the progress and set up collaborative groups for students on there too. So mm. just a nice little extra. If you're already using WeVideo, then you can take care of that and see how many students have turned in their projects and stuff like that too. So... I had was planning on eventually on the podcast making a request to see if any of our listeners could help because I had a um, teacher who does mock trial with my son. So his my son's mock trial instructor, leader, whatever. Okay. Wanted a tool where – so they have um, – attorneys that are their mentors. Well, attorneys can't always be there when the students are working. And so when um, the kids have been working on their practice or whatever, they would record themselves and send videos to their attorney mentor. Yeah. Well, the attorney mentor wanted to provide feedback that was specific to different parts in the video, mm. but they couldn't figure out a smooth way to do that. I'm wondering if this is a possibility. Yeah, that could be a possibility. Yeah. yeah. And so the, he wanted them like time stamped and stuff, which I, I mean, this is the first time hearing of this, but it makes me wonder if that might not be a solution. Mm hmm. Because it would all be kind of like private as well yeah. still because it's inside your, your yeah. school class and everything else. You wouldn't have to put it some other tool yeah. that's out there on the internet. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I'll look into it and let you know and see what I find out. Yeah. Okay. Good one. Uh, and last but not least, I have some YouTube follow-up. Uh, we talked about some YouTube tips. And so I have a YouTube tip for you, Mindy. Okay. I can't let Tony Vincent get the better of me with YouTube tips. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. So you're going to have to walk through this one. Okay. I think this is a good one. Okay. All right. So here's what I need you to do. I need you to open up a new tab. Maybe mute your speakers so that we don't get the uh, the audio from it here. Okay. Go to YouTube and bring up a video. All right. Oh, boy. What will YouTube choose for me? Dog stops tornado from forming. How about that video? I mean, why not, right? <laughs> okay. So I'm clicking on it now? Yep. Okay. And uh, you don't have to play it. You can just play it and pause it. It's fine. Okay. Open up a few more tabs. Make sure that it's, you know, buried somewhere. I feel like a magician here. You know, put it back in the pack somewhere yeah, where okay, no one's okay, going to find okay, it. Okay, all right? Okay. 
And there's always that thing where you're like, okay, there's audio playing in the background somewhere and yes. I don't know where it is and I've yeah. got a hundred tabs. Yeah. So over in your Chrome browser on the far right hand corner, mm -hmm. there's like a little music icon. Uh -huh. And if you tap on that, you'll see oh, video this? controls for yes. your video. I've never clicked on that. I've seen that button before and I've never clicked on it ever. But Mindy. Oh, it's we're not done. Continue. There's more. Okay. <laughs> Next to those video control buttons, yes. there's like two little squares. Yes. Click that. Okay. And you'll get... Oh picture-in-picture picture YouTube video yes. that will hover on top of any tab or any app on your computer. So if you wanted to open up, say, like a Google Doc yeah. and play the video at the same time oh. while taking some notes, mm -hmm. you absolutely can. Yeah. And you can resize that video. You can drag it all around your screen. You can put it wherever you want. Look at that. So I found that out recently after our last episode. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to tell Mindy that. That's a good one. So that's and a good And you can tip. click on it. It'll take you back to that tab, too. Because sometimes if yes. you have a million tabs open, you're still like, well, where in the world is that tab? It'll it's take like you. like back to tab, and it'll take you straight there. Well, looky there. And you can turn on live captions there if you don't have them on. Oh, okay. All in that tab, too. There you go. Huh. Good one, Wiley. Say that, Tony Vincent. You win yeah, geez, oh boy. We don't want to start a feud. It'll be like the Jets and the Sharks with Tony Vincent. Wow. <laughs> I think he might win. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So up next, our main course served to you piping hot is Paige Delosier from Talking Points. So welcome, Paige. Thanks for coming on with us today. Um, we always kind of ask our guests to tell us just a little bit about themselves. And maybe then if you, from talking a little bit about you, then maybe tell us a little bit about talking points. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I would love to tell you about myself and how I came to talking points. So I uh, was actually a teacher first before I came to talking points. I taught uh, in Nashville, which is where I live. I taught for six years um, in elementary school and wishing that I had known what talking points was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then I heard about talking points when I was looking for something else outside of the classroom. Um, and I was lucky enough to find talking points. And uh, now I am working as the community and marketing um, operations manager. So I do a lot of stuff like this, like uh, working with the community of teachers, working with community of parents and admin, whoever it is that needs help with the app or wanting to know about the app or um, just trying to spread the word about the amazing product that we have and how it works and um, customer success and things like that. So, well, we're all former elementary teachers here. So that's <laughs> Oh, fun, that's I awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, I taught in elementary school for 10 years and Mindy about the same. Yeah. Yep. About uh, yeah. maybe, maybe a few more than 10. I'm not sure. I, a few more than 10. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So kindred spirits, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You can take the teacher out of the school, but you can't take the school out of the teacher. Yeah, absolutely. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about Talking Points for those who are not familiar with it. Hopefully they're going to be familiar with it by the end of this podcast, mm -hmm. but uh, give, us a, give us a 101 here. 
Yeah, absolutely. So um, Talking Points is a not-for-profit organization, which is something a lot of people don't know. Um, So our goal is to remove systemic language access and technology barriers uh, so teachers and families can meaningfully engage and form strong relationships. And we want to help schools make family engagement equitable. So our goal with that is uh, to provide an app, uh, which is now text and web um, accessible for parents and teachers to communicate through text message. So um, basically how it works is a teacher will send text messages to families in English, and it'll be translated automatically to any of the home languages that their students, families speak. And we provide translation in over 110 languages at this point. Um, So that's a pretty big deal, as you guys know, being former teachers and trying to communicate with families on a regular basis um, to have instant communication with those families in not just Spanish, not just Arabic, but all of those languages that you have spoken in your in your classroom um, to have instant communication via text message because you know families have their phones on them all the time. Uh, to have that is a pretty big deal. So we provide that um, in app form and text message form for the teachers and families. So um, I was uh, looking into this a little bit more because Wiley had. Um we had discussed it prior to this podcast, of course, and um, I was just curious about how it kind of works. So if I was a teacher who was going into the app, I just type out text and I have to, and so the families then have the same app or what's the, how do they talk to one another or how does it look or how does it work? Yeah. So we've tried to make it as simple for teachers and families as possible because we know time is precious to teachers and to families. And um, so when teachers like upload their classroom um, rosters, Mm -hmm. they will assign the student or the, they'll assign the family's home language uh, just at that beginning point. And then it lasts so that they don't have to choose that translation every time they send a message. I know that's like a pain point. So they can send a class announcement and it automatically translates for every family immediately. Wow. So I send that announcement like, Hey, everybody wear your, you know, shirt tomorrow for our field trip. And it's automatically translated for this family in Arabic, this family in Vietnamese, this family in Spanish, this family, it goes in English. And, uh, I don't have to worry about it. It just goes. Um, and then the families will have the talking points for parents app okay. downloaded. Mm-hmm. If they have the capability to have, uh, apps on the smartphone and they'll receive it through that app, or they can also receive it via text message and get the same messages translated as well. So I'm guessing, you know, an important part of what you guys do is relying on an accurate translation. (laughs) You need it to be correct. You don't want really any misunderstandings when you're communicating back and forward. So how do you how do you make sure that you get the most accurate translation possible? Are you just running it through Google Translate or is there is there more secret sauce on it than this? <laughs> I knew that would be the question. Was, is it just Google Translate? Because <laughs> yeah. I know as a teacher, like that's kind of all that was at my disposal sure. was just like pull up Google Translate and I would run things through Google Translate and then call over a child who spoke the language and be like, does this make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's not reliable. And uh, we 
fortunately, like we've put in the research and we are constantly putting in more research and we're the only app that provides like not only that base level of machine translation, but we've built up additional levels of translation on top of that Hmm. so that it is accurate translation you can rely on in all of these languages. So it is that base level machine translation, which is where all the other apps stop. And then you've got human translation. You've got uh, education specific glossaries, which Mm. will recognize like um, terms that are specific to educational context and make sure that they are translated properly in that context. Um, For example, if you're using the word hotspot, it's, it's not going to translate it for example, in Russian as a war zone, right. <laughs> it's going to understand that that's Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Um, so like we're, we're doing the research that is appropriate for what this translation is used for. We offer tools inside the app, like the help me understand tool on both apps for teachers and parents. So that if something does come through translated uh, incorrectly, whether it's for a typo or incorrect spacing, or say a parent hasn't had great education and they type something in that doesn't quite make sense in their language. And the teacher can't tell what that translation came through as they can use the help me understand tool to send it through to a human translator in that language who can look at what it was supposed to be in context of it and say, Oh, I see what they were trying to say here. This is what they meant. So there's a lot of elements and talking points that you're not going to get with any other product, uh, any other translation or, or family engagement communication app. Does it do these translations in, in real time? Does it work through the layers pretty quickly or is there any delay in getting those messages out there? Yeah, so that's um, that's kind of our specialty and that's kind of the whole point of it being a Uh, a text messaging system is to do these communications in real time. Um, We don't want to rely on email. We don't want to rely on uh, sending papers home in backpacks where they never come back uh, or waiting for translators or interpreters at at the schools where you have to, you know, share somebody with four other schools and wait. Like we want information to get to families equitably, which means at the same time in a language they understand so that everyone is getting the information that they need. And that means in real time. So yeah, we get those messages out at the same time. Um, if, if a translation takes a couple extra minutes, that's nothing compared to waiting, you know, for that paper to be translated or uh, a person to drive over <laughs> and communicate what it is that you're trying to translate. So this is really complex. I I mean, some of the things, I mean, when you said about the education glossary, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's something yeah. I've never even <laughs> thought about before. And it's so true. Um, so that's super interesting. It sounds like a lot of layers. How or why? Um, how is it that you can keep this a nonprofit or why is it a nonprofit? That seems, I mean, Jonathan and I often talk about, gosh, nothing's free anymore in education. And and so often things are free for a little bit and then they're not free anymore. And so how do you manage that or how does that work for you guys? That's a great question. And that's one of the reasons that I'm so drawn to working for Talking Points. Um, I know that teachers, uh, I think, 
and I mean, this might sound self-serving because I was a teacher, but like, I think teachers are a very special type of person and, um, they, they have a heart for families and a heart for children. And so, um, and our CEO and founder, he J Lim, uh, she grew up, um, as an English language learner and she saw her mother struggle with communicating with her educators. And she saw other families whose, um, whose parents couldn't quite communicate with their educators. And she saw the inequity that was happening there. And, um, and I, I taught EL students, I taught MLL students. And so understanding that they're not quite getting the same education that others are simply because they can't have that communication. So with the creation of talking points, um, we want it to be available to the most under-resourced, underrepresented communities. And those under-resourced, underrepresented communities, they don't have all the funding. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They don't have all the money. So um, we need it to be available to them for free. So the teacher app will always be free for teachers. It is free and will always be free for teachers. And the parent app is free and will always be free for teachers. And I'm sorry for parents. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, and that's one of the reasons that we've chosen to go with text messaging over, for instance, email, because in those communities, uh, our research has shown that they're much more likely to have a cell phone on hand and access to text message than to Wi-Fi and email. Um, And then we do partner with schools and districts who will buy those, um, those partnerships who will pay for those partnerships. And that helps us provide that free app for individual teachers and for parents and, um, and fund that research that we do. And we have incredible funders and we have incredible um, partners that give us uh, grants and things to further that research that um, helps us keep that free for teachers. So you mentioned some of the um, the audience and the demographics that you're trying to reach out there. I'm sure you must have some uh, some great stories that you know show the impact of having a translation tool like that. Is there anything you could share with us? Oh yeah, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually incredible. This part of my job, which I absolutely love, is uh, part of the community part of my job is working in customer success. And so I still get to be connected with um, talking directly with teachers and families um, on the regular and uh, hearing some of their stories is wonderful. And we've gotten several stories, sometimes just through Twitter, they'll just tell us some stories. So um, I know one recently that we received was from a teacher who had um, a student come in. She was a brand new student to America and she knew zero English. She was a newcomer and um, had never attended an, an American school, but her, her mother was communicating with her through talking points and sent her this long, wonderful message uh, through talking points, just thanking her up and down saying like, you know, how nervous she was to send her to an American school, not knowing any English and worried that you know, she's, she's not going to be successful and she's a great successful student in her home country, but 
who knows how it's going to go in America. But um, she sent a picture of, of her students standing proud next to a map, pointing out her home country Aww. and like so happy at school. And uh, the mother thanking her for welcoming her in and being so communicative to her through the app. And I don't think things like that are possible without this instantaneous communication because that builds a, a much stronger form of trust than this, um, than what we used to do, which would be, I only see you at parent teacher conferences and I only get to speak to you in very disjointed ways through like translated letters and things like that. That doesn't really build a relationship, but this family and this, or this mother and this teacher felt like they knew each other. And she felt so welcomed into the country and felt like her child was like safe and actually learning. And that's what talking points is about. We're not about just like sending home homework updates. (laughs) We're about trying to build that relationship because that's what really affects student outcomes. And um, that's what family engagement is actually about. Yeah, I think text messages are personal. It's the kind of thing that, you know, you have on your cell phone and you are having a relationship with somebody on the other end of that text message. So it's a personal device. So yeah, I think it's a great medium for it. Mm-hmm. So um, Paige, you had mentioned a little bit um, that you're kind of gathering these stories and um, all of the research that you do and are looking at. So what kinds of things are you guys researching or what um, are you gathering information yourself about this? I'm just curious because we we talk a lot about research too because I'm kind of a research nerd, but um, I'm just curious about, you know, when you're talking about the research that you guys are looking at, what are you looking at or what are you gathering um, around talking points? Yeah, so we do all kinds of research. Um, we have a research team that does research around what kinds of uh, conversations teachers are having with families. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um I, I myself do research on my like community side where I have um, our Talking Points teacher advisory panel, which is a group of 10 to 12 teachers who use the app regularly and are very, they're like champions of Talking Points. And I meet with them every couple of months and just talk about like, how is teaching right now? How's it going? What's family engagement like? what are your major pain points in teaching? What are your major pain points in, in being with families and just like in general, like just to keep Mm -hmm. our finger on like education in general, Uh, they help us a lot with that. They talk to us about what is great with the app and what is, what could use improvement. We do a lot of, um, a lot of the changes we make on the app are, um, like user recommended, Mm -hmm. like when users with teachers, parents ask about things and we hear them a lot, we make those changes. Um, I don't know about other apps that do that. Um, And I love seeing that when we can say like, you guys asked for this and our design team or our product team like made it happen. And that's really exciting um, to see that. And then we, we have our um, product engineers who are constantly working on translation research and how we can make it even more accurate. And like I said, a lot of our translation systems are our own. 
So we've built that and that took a lot of research and is ongoing and our language list is constantly growing and that takes a lot of research. So there's just research everywhere. Um, and with our partners, um, our districts and schools, they'll, um, they'll do some pilots with us on new product features and things like that. So there's research going on constantly with talking points. Well, let me pick up on that idea of uh, new product features. I'm sure in the, in the ed tech world, you're always looking to evolve and, and yes. have the latest things. Uh, can, you, can you shed any, any light on what some of those future features might be? Or is that all top secret? <laughs> is there things you still like to do? Um, they tell me the stuff that is ready to go out because I'm the one on the social media channels. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I can tell you our best features and our exciting features. Sure. Um, my favorite feature, uh, well, I have several favorite features, but one of my favorite features that I have not seen anywhere else is our, um, videos with translated captions. I don't know if you guys have looked into that, but, our teachers on the mobile app can attach videos to messages, which is pretty average. You can attach videos to messages pretty much anywhere. But when you do that, it'll give you the option to add captions. And when you do that, it'll translate those captions into each family's home language. So let's say, let's say like my use case for this that I like to share is if you are um, wanting to at the beginning of the year, welcome families back into school and give like an early classroom tour. Say like, this is your new classroom. I can't wait to show you around, but here, here it is. And here's where you'll sit and here's our reading corner. And here's, you know, where we'll do this. And here's our science, here's our class pet or whatever. And then the parents who don't understand anything you're saying, maybe can read along with you as you're explaining that. And then when they come to visit you at school and maybe they, don't have a great relationship with the education system, or they don't feel comfortable entering school buildings, they recognize your face, they recognize your voice, and they already know what your classroom looks like. So they're more comfortable entering. I love that. Or you could use that feature to walk them through a math problem exactly how to do it. Cause I know people have so much to say about common core math and how to do this new math and everything. So if your families are having trouble helping with math at home, you can walk them through explaining how to do it, showing how to do it. And the parents who may not understand in their home language, they can read along those instructions in their home language, um, how to solve that math problem with their child. And then they can walk their child through that math problem, there's so many opportunities on how to use that feature. I think it's incredible. And it was created by our engineers who are brilliant. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm like constantly amazed by our people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one of those uh, window into the classroom type things that we talk about a lot about how teachers uh, are looking for ways to get parents more involved and, and help them see more of what's going on in the classroom. And that, that would be a great feature mm -hmm. for that. Yeah, I think that would be perfect for that. Um, so like teachers who love using TikTok um, and stuff like that, I think those teachers would absolutely love that feature right there. Um, another feature that I'm totally psyched about that I've, I've worked on quite a bit is um, our Parents Ed 101. So we like 
use all this fancy jargon that we're just so used to saying things. There's so many acronyms, right? We just like spout them out all the time. And we use words like assessment and um, IEP and just all these fancy words that parents may or may not have any clue what we're talking about. And we just don't think to bring it down to everyone else's level. Um, If a teacher sends a message with one of those terms that we've identified in it, it'll highlight that term and the parent can click on that term and a definition will Mm, pop up and just Mm. be like, Hey, just so you know, this is what they're talking about. Is that for English too? Or (laughs) yes, yes. (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Yeah. Because I mean, we just don't think we're always in that teacher brain. Mm -hmm. We're always in that teacher mode of like, everybody knows what I'm talking about. And they don't. That's right. <laughs> so those are my two favorite features, I think. Well, if uh, people were interested in uh, trying out Talking Points and uh, signing up for that free account, where should they go? They should go to talkingpts.org. And that up at the login or sign up button, it'll give them the option to sign up as a teacher or as a family member. That sounds easy enough. Yeah. Yeah. Very easy. Or if they want to do the mobile app, they can uh, find it on Android or iOS. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Paige, and talking with us about talking points. And um, I'm sure there'll be lots of teachers that this has really been an interesting podcast for them and um, probably a new tool that maybe they haven't looked into yet. So thank you so much for, for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to share the word. Thanks, Paige. All right. So on to my favorite part of the show, tech nuggets. Oh, I got to love me some tech nuggets. Okay. So I feel like I should start. I think you should too. Okay. All right. So I found this tool that I think is kind of fun and could be useful. Mm -hmm. It has an interesting name. It does. And I need everyone to listen carefully. (laughs) It is called Rasturbator. All right? So I don't know where the name comes from. I know where the name comes from. You do? Please tell me it's because the person's last name is like Raster or something. No, it's it's the technique that's used to enlarge. It's called to rasterize an image. Oh. So. Okay. All right. So I'll tell that now maybe that makes sense to people. I've still never heard that term before. Okay. Um, Okay. So this tool allows you to upload an image and create it um, and print it so that it is like multiple pages so you can enlarge your image. So like I uploaded, of course, a picture of myself. Of course. (laughs) I mean, it's What else would you do? And um, it, it... Enlarged it to 12 pieces of eight and a half by 11 paper so that it would have been a huge image of me that I almost printed for you, but I did not because I thought it was wasteful. Mm -hmm. Um, But I did think it could be something that teachers might, there might be a really great reason to have something like that in their classroom. Yeah. Um, Like anchor anchor charts or something like that. If, you know, you've created something and you want it to be nice and big for the kids to see. It's certainly a tool that I thought would be super useful. I just would be super careful about spelling. It's Rasturbator. There you go. Rasturbator.net. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. That's a good so, one. And we'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, we will. <laughs> so there you go. All, All right. right. <laughs> Swiftly moving on. Okay. Um, I'm going to pick an app that I saw recently from Discovery. Okay. Discovery are celebrating an anniversary. I want to say it's Discovery Education is 20 years old, maybe. Okay. And uh, they have released this app to help celebrate, and it is hmm. called Sandbox AR. Yeah. It lets you build, create, and explore different 3D worlds with a library of like 3D objects that you put together. So the way it works is really kind of fun and neat. You um, you download the app. It's a pretty big app, but you yeah. you know you scan the floor or the table yeah. or whatever you're going to put this on. I would recommend the floor, and I'll tell you why here. Um, and then you build a scene. So you might do like, I don't know, the Jamestown colony or something sure. like that. And you put in all the things that you need on there. And you look at it on the iPad and it's like, oh, it looks really cool. Then there's a little switch on the side that flip it to life-size model. No way. Yes. And the thing just explodes around you. Oh, that's and it awesome. is huge. There's yeah. like massive trees and houses yeah. and yeah. buildings and everything. So if you could do this in the gym or something with yeah. your kids outside. and iPads or outside in yeah. the playground. Yeah. Wow. This thing is is just that that's the wow moment. I mean it's yeah. fun doing the little AR sandbox yeah, sure. things, but then when you flip it on full size, it just it So can you walk in around inside then? Yes. Wowzers. I know it. It's like we've been waiting for this finally because it, it yeah i don't know that we have anything else that's that simple to use that we've been that you've been able to like walk around inside yeah that's really cool so there you go so hmm. is it free did you mention it is 100 percent free oh my gosh so sandbox For ar oh, it, no. it's a no-brainer right yeah put those on your ipads yeah cool all right um so my second tech nugget is um i've been talking a lot about math recently um, and came across this uh, Google Doc from openmiddle.com, and it has all of these um, slide decks that have problems that are open middle, which means they end with the same answer, but the solutions could be different. And so they're um, – and I always think it's kind of hard to find problems like that, maybe. Yeah. And so they are categorized by grade level to eighth grade – and then they are cut out into content, not content, into strands, I suppose. I don't know if that's the right term. Forgive me. Um, for high school math. So there's number and quantity, algebra, functions, geometry, statistics and probability, calculus, and computer science. Um, and you click on it, and it will um, force you to make a copy of it. Mm -hmm. And then there's just a bunch of problems that you could try with your students. Um, I think what's really neat about this is – getting kids to kind of grapple with math and talk about their solutions and identify how solutions could be very different, how they could be similar, and um, just getting kids talking more about math as opposed to mimicking the math that I'm doing on the board at the front of the room. Yeah, I love they got like little drag and drop uh, things on there for the math where you can try and just put the numbers into the equation and yeah. think to yourself, hey, does this make sense or yeah. not make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, it's a good one, I think. I like it. Yeah. All right, so we started the show talking about Wordle. Yeah. Oh. And Tony Vincent. Dun, 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 dun. And you know I like to bring things full circle sometimes. <laughs> sure. So we're going to come full circle with Wordle and with Tony Vincent. Oh, my. Because I saw a post from the man himself. Yeah. Uh, and it's called... 
Wordle-inspired games for the classroom. Good one. Okay. Because the popularity of Wordle is such that teachers have gone. You know what? This is actually pretty educational. Sure, sure. And people have made spin-offs yeah. and different things. So yeah. one of the ones I'm going to pick from that blog post is called Make Your Own Wordle. And okay. it's mywordle.me. And if you go there, you can create your own custom Wordle game for your students. Oh, all right, all right. So you could maybe choose a vocabulary word or, you know, maybe a spelling pattern or something that you've been working on in your class. Yeah. You can do it in different languages as well. So you can do it in English, Spanish, French, Hindi, or German. Wow. So way that you can make your own Wordle, and then once you've created it, you generate a link, and it gives you a custom link, so you could stick that into Google Classroom oh, or whatever you well, want. Sure. Yeah, the yeah. students click on it, and they go off, and they, they play your custom Wordle game. Hmm. So, I think I like... If you scroll down on this, did you see there's also a math one called Oodle? Yes. Have you played with that at all? Yes, I have played with that one too. (laughs) So there are seven more Wordle-inspired games on uh, Tony's uh, blog post there if you want to look at them. Oh, no, were these going to be your next tech nuggets for the next seven episodes? Those were, no, I mean. (laughs) My bad. I mean, no, um, well, (laughs) yeah. Busted. So embrace the Wordle. Yeah, That's what I'd say. Yeah, all right. Use it to your advantage. Yeah, good one. So about everything we have uh, for you today, what an interesting guest we had as well today, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, maybe we should do more of those. For sure. So until next time. This has been the EdTech Takeout. We hope it hit the spot.